probably say, what in the world's he doing preaching? I'm asking the same question. Amen. All these great men of God that are here tonight, I'm, I'm intimidated and scared and everything else you can add to it, I guess. Uh, I don't know how many folks we got in here tonight. Looks like you say it. Y'all believe in social distancing? We sure do, amen. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not. We believe in social distancing, amen. We really do, but I don't know how many folks is in here. I asked a gentleman a while ago how many folks this building would hold, and I think he said about 1,200. I don't know how many folks that we've got in here tonight, but there's a uh, feller not too far from the house. He got a, he's got a German short-haired bird dog, and he's taught that dog how to count. It's the craziest thing you've ever seen in your life. And he could count us probably tonight. Uh, he uh, took a fella hunting one time. He said, I taught that dog right there how to, how to count. He said, you, you kidding? He said, no, he can count. So they hunted about 10 minutes, and all of a sudden the dog took his paw and went like that and went on point. That guy said, there's one bird in that cub, just one, just one. He said, really? He said, yeah. So sure enough, they flushed it up, and one bird flew out, and boom, he shot it. Y'all don't tell the PETA people. They'll be picking it outside, but... And so they hunted about another 10 minutes and the dog went on point and went like that. And the guy said, there's two, there's two birds this time in the cubby. And he said, really? He said, yeah. So sure enough, boom, boom, two birds flew up and hunted about 10 more minutes and the dog looked around and there's a limb laying on the ground about that long and the dog put the limb in his mouth and went like that. He said, what's that mean? He said, there's more birds in there than you can shake a stick at. <laughs> Amen. So... <laughs> Amen. There's more birds in here tonight you can shake a stick at. I don't know how many we've got. Amen. But a lot of folks, a lot of folks. Thank you, Brother Ricky, for letting me come. And thank you for being my friend. Amen. And Brother Brown and Brother Morgan, I love y'all, man. Thank God for you. Amen. I appreciate you. I've been over there standing next to Brother John uh, here since Monday. And Brother Ricky's asked us to do that over the years. And I've always uh, had the seat next to Brother John. And uh, thank God I'm glad everybody's saved. has got a song, but they don't have a tune. <laughs> Amen. And so <laughs> you, you get, <laughs> I'm like, praise God, Brother John. I'm trying to worship God over here, Brother <laughs> Amen. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Brother. I love you. I love you. Thank God. <laughs> Amen. 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 I love you. Amen. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Amen. Amen. I do this because I'm nervous. So, uh, amen. Mark chapter number 10 tonight. Mark in chapter number 10. And try to be a blessing and a help to you. And I do want to just say how much we appreciate the fact of being able to come and be here. And we've got a lot of our folks here tonight. And uh, grateful for that. And just the hospitality of the great Bible Baptist Church. And uh, the people, and that's what makes the church. It's not a building, it's the people. And, uh, you know, I thank God for the people of Bible Baptist Church. The folks who have been very extremely good to me and my wife and family over the years. And uh, thankful for them. Amen. Mark chapter number 10. When you find your place, let's stand. And we'll read some verses here out of Mark chapter number 10. And uh, the Lord just kind of directed me. It's really not what <clears throat> I thought I might be preaching during the meeting. Uh, it's not what I thought it would, but this is, uh, this is all I got. So, all right, Mark chapter number 10, and we're going to begin reading in uh, verse number 32. Mark chapter number 10 and verse number 32. 
The Bible said, and they were in the way going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus went before them, and they were amazed. And as they followed, they were afraid, and he took again the twelve and began to tell them what things should happen unto him, saying, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be delivered unto the chief priests, none of the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles, and they shall mock him, and shall scourge him, and shall spit upon him, and shall kill him. And the third day he shall rise again. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came unto him, saying, Master, we would that thou shouldest do for us whatsoever we shall desire. And he said unto them, What would ye that I should do for you? They said unto him, Grant unto us that we may sit, one on the right hand and the other on thy left in thy glory. But Jesus said unto them, You know not what ye ask. Can ye drink of the cup that I drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said unto him, We can. Jesus said unto them, You shall indeed drink of the cup that I drink of and with the baptism that I am baptized with all shall ye be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be much displeased with James and John, but Jesus called them to him and saith unto them, Ye know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and their great ones exercise authority upon them. But so shall it not be among you, but whosoever will be great among you, ye shall be your minister, and whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Thank you. You can be seated. I appreciate you standing. I, I, I'll get through this message as quickly as I can. I want to give plenty of time tonight to the man of God. But I want to preach a little bit tonight about a deadly disease that is plaguing our country. Uh, and at first, you, you can have this, and really there's no outward symptoms. And uh, the longer you have it, and this is what's deceptive about what I'm preaching about tonight, is the longer you have it, the more you're convinced that you don't have it, the more you're convinced that you're healthy. And I want to deal with this deadly sickness tonight that has caused a lot of problems in the churches. It really caused a lot of problems in the house, and it is the uh, effects tonight of entitlement. Now, I want to preach on that tonight, on the effects of entitlement. Now, not all entitlement is bad. Now, I know this not a camp meeting message, but this is all I got. So, uh, not all entitlement is bad. I thank God for the entitlement that we have for a veterans administration program. Thank God for the people that have defended our country and given us the liberties that we have tonight. I thank, thank God for America. Amen. Uh, we still stand when we sing the national anthem. We still salute the flag. That's right. So, we ought to take care of our veterans. Thank God for the military retirements and government retirements. But then there's also some negative aspects of entitlement. And the definition of entitlement means the belief that one is inherently deserving of privileges or special treatment. And the level of entitlement that we're dealing with in our churches today is amazing. And I think it's really the generation that we're living in. Uh, it has been said that between the 1950s and the 1980s, a study analyzed high schoolers, and here's what they found out. They asked them, they said, are you an important person? In the 1950s, only 12% said they were important. By 1989, that number jumped up to 80%, and now there is no telling how many of us in here feel like 
that we're entitled to something. We feel very, very important. And uh, uh, now everybody feels entitled. It doesn't matter who you are, maybe the color of your skin, maybe your social status, but uh, here's what's sad is it's happening now to save people. We think we're entitled to something, and I definitely don't want it to happen uh, to any of this crowd here tonight. This is my kind of people. I, I don't do a disclaimer about old-time religion and the King James Bible and the people that are here tonight. This is my kind of crowd. I love this crowd. Thank God for you, amen? Uh, but I want to say something. People say, well, I'm entitled to my opinion. Well, really, you're not entitled to your opinion because my opinion don't matter and your opinion really don't matter, but it, what it says in the house of God. Here's what happens in the Word of God. And, and let me say this. People say, well, you know what? I, I've remained pure. I know we've got a lot of young people, a lot of them here tonight, and they say, well, you know what? I, I, I've remained faithful and I've remained pure, so I, I think God needs to send me a spouse right now. I'll tell you, listen tonight, get full of the Holy Ghost of God, get saved, get full of God, and God will send you somebody, amen. I know you young people scared to death. You're 19 years old and you're not married yet. You're just worried to death. I, listen, God, just get, just get full of God. Stay here on the front pew, boys. Say amen about 50 times and God will send you a right one, amen. I've seen God do that. I've got a good looking wife. I praise God for that, amen. Uh, but it's amazing to me how God can take a young lady that looks real nice, take a boy that looks like he meant eating an apple through a barbed wire fence and put them together and they can serve God together, amen. I'm just telling you, God will take care of you. We're really not entitled to anything. Some people say, well, I'm a good mom. I'm a good housekeeper. I, I keep a neat house, so I need a bigger house. I need more shoes. And then you got people say, well, I work hard for my money. I work hard for my family, so I deserve a new rifle or I, I deserve a new bass boat. And, and, uh, and then we got some of us, when we don't get invited someplace, we feel like, well, I'm entitled to be there. Well, really, uh, all that you and I are entitled to tonight is hell. I want to thank God. Listen, we were singing that song. They were singing, I'm not going to hell. Uh, you say, well, you not got anything deeper than that? Well, I, I do because I got a Bible. But praise God, I can still shout, I'm not going to hell. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm still glad that I'm not going to hell. And so what happens here in the text when opportunity presented itself, uh, John and James, they said, well, I tell you what, we're going to find out what these benefits are with following the Lord. And one of them is to be the head hog at the trough. And that's what's happening right here. These men did not really realize where they're at uh, to be able to enjoy what they had. I mean, I'm talking about God chose these men and let them live a dream if you want to. I'm talking about they saw things that nobody else got to see. Uh, they saw the lepers cleanse and they saw the cripple walk and they saw the lame. I mean, listen, they saw God do a miracle after miracle after miracle not only in their lives but the life of others. You say, well, I've never seen that. Oh, yes, you have if you've seen somebody saved by the grace of God you've seen somebody resurrected from death unto life you've seen God put homes back together you've seen God do things that nobody could do amen that is a miracle I'll say this tonight what could be better than working for the Lord Jesus Christ somebody who will never come in and fire you amen somebody that's never going to do away with your benefit package somebody that's promised you a home in heaven you say I would look sure would not have a mansion one day well if you're saved by the grace of God you're going to have a mansion on Main Street 
street. It don't matter where you grow up on this side. On the other side, everybody's going to live on Main Street. I thank God I believe there's a real mansion and one of them's mine. Hallelujah. Amen. And so listen, thank God the songwriter had it right when he said this, that I'd rather have Jesus in silver or gold. I'd rather be his and have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus in worldwide fame. I'd rather be true to his holy name. You say, why is that? Because 23 years ago, he come to where I was. Save me by his grace in the living room on the love seat. And I've never been the same since that day. Amen. Amen. It seems like sometimes you hear people give their testimony sometimes and it's almost like they wish they were back in those days. It's like they're glorified. It's like they miss those days. Honey, I don't miss one day of it. I'll say this, thank God, when I got up this morning, I could find my car keys. I knew where my shoes were. I woke up with the love of God shed abroad in my heart. Thank God I woke up in a good house and a good bed with a good home. Hey, listen, thank God there's food on the table and shoes on my feet. Sometimes in my house, there's food on the floor and shoes on the table, amen. But thank God we still got a place we've got the house of God we've got one another and we ought to be excited about it we ought not have that kind of attitude of, of being somebody that feels like we're entitled to something. The Bible said here in verse number 32, and the Bible said, and they were in the way. That ought to be good enough to shout for about 45 minutes, amen. <laughs> they were in the way. I thank God I'm glad I have found the way, and the way found me. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and he's a way worth walking. He is a truth worth telling, and he is a life worth living tonight, amen. That ought to be good enough. I'm to be good enough. James and John forsook a successful fishing business and they left their nets. Reckon it's worth it when you get to heaven. I ask them, James and John, y'all could have been successful. Y'all could have been fishermen. I mean, y'all could have been, I mean, y'all could have had a Bass Pro Shop. Y'all could have had commercials. I mean, listen, y'all could have been a sponsor for Zebco. They said, oh no, we'd rather have this place right now. We'd rather have heaven. We'd rather have Jesus. I tell you, the whole world's trying to find peace and the whole world's trying to find satisfaction. You will not find satisfaction without the Lord Jesus Christ. You think about this one chapter earlier. I mean, these men had an opportunity in Mark chapter number 19, Mark chapter number nine, verse number two. The Bible said this, said, and after six days, Jesus taketh with him Peter and James and John and leadeth them up into a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his raiment became shining, exceeding white as snow. So as no fuller on earth can white them. And there appeared unto them Elias with Moses. And they were talking with Jesus. And Peter answered and said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. And let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias for he was not to say that they were afraid and there was a cloud that overshadowed them and a voice came out of the cloud saying this is my beloved son hear him I mean these men in the text they got to be taken up on the mountain with Jesus they got to go places nobody else got to go I thank God for the times that Jesus Christ has taken me higher than any drug I mean listen he's lifted me up I'm not talking about something charismatic I'm talking about somebody automatic amen I'm talking about when the Holy Ghost comes in and it gets so thick you need a C&I dog to get around and God just comes in and manifests himself you can't get what we got in a bottle you can't get what we've got in a bag you'll only get it through the Lord Jesus Christ 
He took them high on the mountain. Praise God, I'm glad I've been up there. Amen. How about the Lord Jesus Christ? He was the one really in the whole text that truly was entitled to be entitled. Amen. He didn't deserve to bear our sins on the cross, but he chose to give up his own desires, his own comforts, his own pleasures for our eternal good. He laid down his entitlements so you and I could share his glory. I mean, listen, I know God don't call a woman to preach, but I tell you what, Hannah, there in 2 Samuel chapter number one, uh, chapter number two, uh, she did a pretty good job, amen, to the preacher's kid here. And she said, he's lifted me up from the dust and the dunghill and has sent me among princes. I tell you what, you look around this crowd, uh, this is the best crowd you'll ever be associated with. I know probably everybody in here is not saved, and I know there's probably a couple of hypocrites in here, uh, but I tell you what, I'd rather go to church with a couple of hypocrites than die and go to hell with all of Amen. Uh, listen, quit bad mouthing one another. Uh, quit shooting uh, at everybody. I mean, listen, I'm talking about, hey, everybody in here, we ought to be pulling the same way. Hey, I'm pulling for you. I'm not against you. Amen. I'm pulling for you. Amen. Hey, thank God that he who was rich became poor that we through his poverty might be rich. I like that song, rich in love I'm rich, but not from Satan's wages. Amen. Thank God for Jesus Christ tonight that did a work in our heart and changed us and let us serve him. Philippians chapter number two and verse number five. He said, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery uh, to be equal with God. But the Bible said this. It said that, let, he said, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father I'm telling you as Christians we should not only trust God when we don't get what we want but we ought to be able to get to a place where we don't have to have the pat on the back, where we don't have to have the front seat, where we don't have to have an attaboy button. Hey, do you remember the days where you're just glad to go to church? They didn't nobody have to notice you. They didn't nobody have to pin a doctor on your name. They didn't nobody have to even know you as there pat you on the head. You're just glad you're saved. You didn't know fats from sickum. You thought Hezekiah was a book in the Bible, but you're just glad you're saved. Amen. We need to get back to those days. Amen. Amen. It happened to a couple of what we'd call standout disciples. Happened to James and John. Amen. It does. It could happen to any of us. Verse 33, look at the sufferings revealed. The Bible said, saying, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be delivered unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles. They shall mock him, and shall scourge him, and shall spit upon him, and shall kill him. And the third day he shall rise again. Verse 35, James and John, the sons of, De- sons of Zebedee, coming to him, Master, we would that thou shouldest do for us whatsoever we desire. He said, Well... What would ye that I should do for you? They said unto him, Grant unto these that these may see it. Uh, we may sit one on the right hand, the other on the left, and I glory. Here's Jesus. He said, I'm going to Calvary. I'm going to die. And listen, it went in one ear and out the other. They didn't pay no attention to what the Lord was saying because they were so focused on what they was going to get out of the deal. I tell you, you know that you're suffering from an attitude of entitlement when, listen, people preach on the cross. They preach about Jesus. They preach about the love of God. And all you're thinking is, what am I going get out of it how much 
much support am I going to get out of it? How much am I going to get out of this deal? I tell you tonight, this thing ain't nothing but about Jesus Christ and the cross of Calvary and his blood that he shed for you and I. Amen. That's what it's about. Suffering's revealed, but a selfish request. We ought to have such a high view of Jesus that we have a low view of ourselves. Amen. That's exactly right. I mean, listen, these two, they never heard what he said. And people who feel entitled, they won't listen. Somebody that's entitled, you can't tell them nothing. Well, you know, Brother McBride preached out of Luke chapter number 15. Oh, well, here's another message out of Luke chapter number 15. All I can tell you is get the CD, amen. I mean, listen, it's like maybe you've never heard it before, but we people preach on John 3.16. We get bored, tap or watch. I mean, listen, I don't want to ever get over the fact that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Hey, I still get a thrill about the hill called Calvary. I still get excited about that empty cross, an empty tomb, and an empty record. We all get excited about that, but they didn't get excited about that at all, amen? They said, well, we already know that. We've already heard that one time. Uh, you remember the days, I mean, listen, well, they didn't nobody know who you was. It didn't matter who you was. I mean, I love people, you know, them new converts. I love it, because they don't know nothing. They, they have no idea. But I tell you what, preacher, you just get up and preach. You just tell it like it is. They say, well, you know, I ain't, I'm not there yet. And pray for me, Brother Randy. I, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm throwing my Copenhagen out on the way to church and hunting it on the way home. But I want you to pray for me, preacher. I'm throwing my cigarettes out on the way to church and hunting them on the way home. But I tell you what, you get them in the Bible and just right back and preach against everything that moves every once in a while. They'll say, preacher, that's what the Bible says. That's what we're going to do. The problem is we got so high and mighty they can't nobody tell us nothing no more. Yeah, man. That's where we are. Selfish request. I, I tell you what, entitlement actually manifests discontentment. When you get somebody that thinks that somebody owes them something, uh, that just lets you know they are discontented people. Selfish request. Look at the special recognition. These boys expected some priority around here. I mean, they had a pretty big opinion of themselves. They expected prior well, don't you know? I, I, now I'm, do, I'm Dr. John. Yeah. Don't you know I'm Dr. Jane? Now, I ain't taking no shots at nobody, but sometimes when I'm at a meeting, you say, Brother Andy, I ain't gonna ask you to come. Well, that's all right, amen. Hey, so I feel like sometimes when I'm at a meeting, I feel like I'm at a Baptist hospital. That's right. Amen. Doctor this and doctor that and doctor this and doctor that, amen. Hey, I'll say it again. Praise God. i tell you what, Brother R.B. Ulett, I mean, listen, he, he'd been everywhere. Y'all heard him preach last night. Been everywhere, done all that. And, and listen, I, I tell you what, it just, he just ain't got too big. And I'm not preaching about you tonight, preacher, but I tell you one thing that, that I appreciate the fact he ain't got too big for his britches. Amen. I mean, he done lost 50 pounds. He told us that last night. I'm just saying, he never forgot where he came from. He never forgot what God did in his daddy's life. He's never got over being a sinner. I tell you, it do us some good. You say, well, Brother Randy, I got it all together. I tell you what, we get some of your photo albums out, look like Sonny and Cher. You better say that's right, amen. And God's still working on you and knocking the rough edges off of you and he's still working on us all, amen. Amen. I'm just telling you, the higher we think of ourselves, the more we feel like we deserve, the more prideful we are. I tell you, I, one one thing that'll affect anybody, 
is pride. You say, I don't have no problem with pride. Pride is no problem with me. No, your problem's lying. Amen. Amen. You got eye trouble. Pride. The center, the center letter of the word pride is I. Preacher, I don't like that. Preacher, I didn't get consulted about the color of carpet. Preacher, they didn't nobody talk about me about what color the grapes are gonna be. I mean, listen, honest before God, what in the world does it matter what color the carpet is as long as it don't look something like some psychedelic, something from 1972? What in the world does it really matter? People get all tore up about the least little old things in the house of God. Those are people who feel entitled. Amen. The Bible said, James chapter number four, verse 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. James 4, 6, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Here's what James and John said. They said, Lord, we want to be over here on the left and on the right when you come in your kingdom. They said, Lord, we want to be right up there with you. I thought about, well, here's poor old Peter over there. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. I mean, here's, here, for Pete's sake, I mean, you ought to think about, you ought to think about somebody else every once in a while, amen? Somebody who's entitled, they're not gonna promote nobody. They're not gonna try to lift nobody else up. I mean, I was in evangelism, I mean evangelism for years. I know how it is. I tell you, Brother John, the best way to get means, promote somebody else. The best way is to let God open the door for you. Now, I'm gonna say this, and I, I'm not dogmatic about this, but James and John said, Lord, we wanna be up there on the right and on the left with you. We wanna be up there on top. We wanna be right up there with you. Could it be that that's why Peter got to preach on the day of Pentecost? Could that be? I tell you what, hey, God help a preacher that won't find a street corner every now and then, won't find a jailhouse every now and then, won't go in a nursing home somewhere, get you a radio broadcast or a podcast, whatever that is, amen. I don't have one, amen. I'm just telling you, we need to ever, never, ever forget where God's brought us from. Could that be why God said, well, Peter, you're just satisfied in me. You said thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Peter messed up. Peter made some mistakes in his life. He repented, got right with God. God let that man preach. Could that be the reason God's not opening doors for some? Could that be? I'm gonna tell you one thing. I appreciate what somebody said that Brother William said today. Hey, God help somebody's got a call every five minutes and say, well, I just want you to know, preacher, I'm in your area. Amen. Brother Green, your daddy, your daddy asked me one time, said, now, Brother Randy, if you're ever in our area, you want you, we want you to come up. I said, Brother Green, I mean, you know, God, you, you're five continents away. I mean, that's a long way up there to Michigan. But he meant that. He was sincere. And if I'd ever got up that way, I mean, thank God I'm a country boy. Amen. You, you can tell by that. And I like going up north. I like visiting up north. Man, I know, I know we've got Yankees in here tonight, brother, you let God bless your heart. I mean, listen, but, but thank God, you, you know, they just some people, I don't fit in well up there. Sometimes I don't. I went out, out west one time preaching in Montana, and it was like this right here for about three or four days. I mean, I was like, I had never heard anything like this right here. My, 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 he's gonna die. <laughs> breathe, man, breathe, young man, breathe, young man, breathe. That's right. Amen. It's the truth. That's the truth. Right. 
I tell you what, you, you, you can tell somebody how spiritual they are about promoting others. Trying to lift somebody else up. Trying to get a door open for somebody else. I mean, listen, we got Brother Cooper in here. My goodness, I wish I could preach like that. Don't you? I mean, I really wish I could. Hey, we've got men in here in evangelism. We got people in here. I mean, listen, they're serving God. They love Jesus. Hey, use them for the glory of God. Amen. Hey, but don't try to kick a door open. Hey, if God make a tree, he'll make a possible recliner every once in a while. Amen. And if God calls you to preach, he'll open a door. If you can sing, he'll open a door for you to sing. Amen. Just let God do it. Proud people can't take that kind of preaching. <laughs> well, you don't know who I am there. Who's that whippersnapper up there? Don't he know who I am? <laughs> You're a sinner saved by the grace of God if you are saved, amen. <laughs> preacher, preacher said one time, that not my preacher, God rest his soul. I, I love the man of God. I'm not talking about Brother Allen, but obviously when I say what I'm about to say. But this man said, I'm probably the most talked about man on social media. I was like, well, my, my, my. <laughs> Don't we think much of ourselves? Now listen, we're here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. All right, I know that's, I know that's, that's news to some of you. I thought we was in Georgia, but we're in Tennessee. You can just tell when you cross the state line and just something happens. But, but in, the grand, in the grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of things, People say, well, Brother Randy, ain't you scared they're going to take away your benefits? They gonna, you're going to lose your tax exemption. I thought, my goodness, if somebody working at the IRS ain't got something better to do other than sit in and tune in to a live stream service at Concord Baptist Church in Fairmount, some say Fairmont, Georgia, if they ain't got no better, say, a better time to do something like that, I mean, they, they need to go and get them another job. I'll I'll say this tonight, probably we're not as important as we think we are. And I'm sure enough not as important as I think I am sometimes. You say, I'll never have no problem with that. Oh, I I didn't think I did either. You know, years ago I I copped that, you know, that false humility. Hey, if you're false, hey, you, you, you keep putting on the dog, big boy, you'll let the cat out of the bag. Preacher said, Preacher said, now, Brother Randy, we're going to put you on the poster. Oh, preacher, I don't worry about that. You don't, you don't have to put me on the poster. Don't worry about that, preacher. I'm just glad to be here. The poster's come out. <laughs> I walked back there to the table, picked up the poster. <laughs> Didn't make the poster. What about that? Didn't make the post, didn't get on the poster. We gotta get to a place where we don't have to be on the poster, where we don't have to have the important seat, where we don't have to have a seat up here. We need to get to a place where we know we're headed to the judgment seat and that's the only seat that matters. Amen. I tell you, you know, well, we, James and John here, they wanted some advancement. They want to climb up the ranks. They want some admiration of some people. That's as far away from how Jesus was. We'll never be any more like Adam than when we want the attention. And we'll never be any more like Jesus when we flee and try to get away from all that attention. Amen. We say, well, we, you know, here's what they said. They said, God, we've done this for you and we've done that for you. And we've done this and we've done that. You know what they did? They're just being obedient. 
We feel like that we need to be made a Sunday school superintendent or be made a deacon or the new pastor of the church just because we do what God tells us to do. The Bible just says do it. We ought to do it. Do you know what we are? We're unprofitable servants even when we just do what God says for you and I to do. Amen. They said, Lord, we left our occupation. It's all about them and not about Jesus. Look at the Savior's response and I'm done. The Bible says this. He said, and when the 10 heard it, they began to be much displeased with James and John. That's what happens. You see what happens? When you get entitled, when you feel like that you deserve something, you're gonna cause problems in the house of God. You're gonna cause issues in the church. You're gonna cause problems in your house when you think, well, I'm in charge in here because my wife said that I was. <laughs> Amen. Here's what Jesus said. He said, and whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. He said, you know not that which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles, exercise lordship over here. Here's what Jesus said. He said, you guys are behaving like lost people. He said, you're behaving like lost people. The, the lost world says, well, you just keep on climbing. You just climb over the Smiths, climb over the Jones, do whatever you gotta do to climb the corporate ladder. You just do whatever you gotta do, just lie, steal, cheat, whatever it is, get close to the boss, a narc on everybody, and you'll just climb up the social ladder. Jesus said, no, if you want me to take you higher, then you're gonna have to get lower. That's one of the, I think, Brother, uh, Brother Fuller preached about that last night. Somebody did about the paradoxes in the Bible, and that's not a pediatrician, an orthopedic surgeon. Paradox. It's what we would think is right the opposite, if you want to put it that way. It's a self-contradictory statement, but in fact, it's true. Jesus said, if you want me to take you up, then you're going to have to bring yourself down. People say, well, I'm praying God, I'm, I want God to humble me. Oh, you don't pray that. You don't need to pray that. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. I tell you tonight... What always helps me is singing about being saved, somebody taking me to Calvary. And I know, listen, these men that have preached and these men that have helped us in these days and ministered to our hearts, and I bless the Lord for them. But if you ask them, they'll say, I'm just a man who the Lord has saved. And I'm telling you, I am convinced of this, and I'm, doing, I'm convinced of this, Brother Ricky. There's men in this church, a pastor, 25 or 30 people that's gonna be so far ahead of a lot of folks. And God help a man that won't go somewhere and try to help somebody that's got a handful of people sitting, and I mean fighting hell by the acre trying to keep a church right and they won't go a place like that. Amen. God help somebody like that. Let's all never ever get the attitude of entitlement. Preacher, I'm finished. Amen. Preacher's asked me to give an invitation. Let's everybody stand.